guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. It's your girl, Asia Abstin. Uh, that was the icon, James Brown, with the big payback. I'm mad. Um, I'm furious. Black America is hurting. Black people worldwide are hurting. Our country is in shambles. Um, and I'm livid. I'm heartbroken. I'm upset. I'm enraged. My mood is burn it all down. Um, but I'm going to make a different episode about that right now. I want to get into an amazing interview that I'm having with Ephraim Egbele, tax accountant, businessman, man of the people. Like we're going to learn a lot from this episode. So let's jump into it. And I promise you, we will get deep into my feelings on police brutality rioting, protesting, and Black Lives Matter, but know that I am for the people. I support the people, and it's burn it down. No justice, no peace. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. I have Ephraim Belly with me today, the millennial business coach, managing director of the EFS group, and um, all-around money man. I'm thrilled to have you today. It's a pleasure being on. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, I have this little collection on Instagram saved of people that I wanted to be on the show. You have been in that for quite a while. So this is like, this is a manifestation move for me. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear that. To even know that um, someone wanted to interview me is pretty cool. So that's, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> You're the money man. You're who we want to talk to. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's definitely um, it's it's good to that people want to know more about money and and how to keep more of it. I think it's a topic that needs to be talked about, and I'm glad that more and more people are showing interest in it. Absolutely. Okay, so tell me a little bit about you, Ephraim. Who are you, and how did you get into the accounting business? That's a good question. Who am I? Um, so <laughs> my name is Ephraim, managing director of EFS Group PLLC, like you stated earlier. Um, I am. An accounting graduate, graduated from University of Houston in 2006. Um, after that, I went to go work at a big four accounting firm for a few years where I was doing audit. So I was auditing like large Fortune 500, 100 companies. And, um, you know, in the midst of all that, the downturn happened in 2008, 2009. Remember all that that happened when everybody, the recession and everything, all the mayhem was going crazy during that time. So I was one of the people that got laid off during that time frame. And, you know, I was looking for work, couldn't find anything for six months. Um, so just, you know, every day you're logging into Indeed or whatever it is that I was using back. I think it was monster.com. Mm -hmm. You're applying for jobs. No one's really looking your way. Then the few people who actually did want to bring you in for an interview, they brought you in. They said, oh, we love you, but don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> you Unacceptable. Know, so, right. And then it was just dawned on me. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of waking up every day and um, doing this whole routine of trying to apply for work and not being able to find anything. I'm just going to start my own thing. Mm -hmm. and, and back then, you know, we didn't have um, Instagram and all that. So um, being a business owner was still kind of cliche. It wasn't really like the popular thing that it is now. You know, so people were looking at me like I was crazy. Like you just graduated. You have, you know, you're trying to be like a top line CPA accountant and you don't want to work for a company. You want to go start your own thing. Are you really going to be successful? And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to bet on myself. Why not? You know, and 
Um, I was already doing taxes for a lot of friends and family and just people in, in college. Mm-hmm. And I felt I was really good at that. And I felt I had a really strong interest in it. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take that skill. And I feel cocky and confident to where I feel like I can build something out. So within the first few years, um, that's not how it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it never does. Yeah, the first few years, it was a lot of learning. Um, literally was not really, you know, you, I got an office, I opened it, and I'm thinking, okay, does everyone just gonna it, walk, they will right, come. <laughs> right, everyone's just going to walk through the doors and I'm going to be flooded with business. No, that's not how it worked. I, I realized that I had to learn marketing, you know, and I had to get much, much better at my craft. Like, just because I feel I'm great at what I do doesn't mean that the world knows it Correct. or uh, sees it the same way, you know. So for the first few years, I wasn't making much money. And if anybody knows anything about tax season, it's only during a small period, right? It's from January through April. So I was living off that twenty to 30000 that I was making throughout the, the rest of the year. year. Yeah. And I had employees, too, that I was paying during that time. So it was, it was you know, one day I just woke up and I was like, I got to really take this thing seriously. Because back then, I would um, go hard from January through April. Then the rest of the year, I'm using my credit cards. I'm traveling. Literally, I'm, like, having a blast. Like, I don't know if you remember, but in 2010... There was a JetBlue All You Can Fly Pass for uh-huh. 500 bucks. You remember that? I'm familiar. Yeah, so I, I bought that. A homeboy of mine told me about it because he did it the previous year, and I did you it. You were and cutting up. I was everywhere. I was in like <laughs> 15 different cities, states. I was in different countries, living it up. I had a blast, but I built up so much credit card debt. But that's a different story. So, um, I after that, I was like, you know what? I gotta take this thing seriously. I gotta find a way to build this thing out from January through December to where I'm mm-hmm. making money consistently off this and you know i just put my, my head down i started grinding and i finally was able to figure it out and then social media came along and i said you know what i'm going to start really talking about what it is that um our community is lacking when it comes to money so i started doing that and then more business started coming my way and um you know it's, it's just been good so i guess that's a little summary of how you got into the game and how I got into the, the game and everything. Yeah. What was the aha moment for you? What was the like actual pivot? Was it, I mean, for me, right. I noticed that I was working for people dumber than I am and they were yeah. making way more money than me. And I said, now this don't make no sense. <laughs> I should be your boss. Ain't no way in hell. You should be in charge of me. Did you right. have that kind of aha moment? Was it when you weren't getting callbacks for jobs that you knew you were overqualified for? Yeah. So, I mean, the aha moment was just like, like I was saying earlier, like six months goes by and you can't find work. And it's just for anybody that knows men or like you're in a relationship with a guy, just, you know, you, you know, guys in general, like men, a lot of our self-esteem can be predicated on what we bring to the table, right? How much money we earn or or if we even have money coming in. Right. So, one way to strip a man of his confidence sometimes is if the money is starting to dry up, then we start to act very, very weird, you know, and I was and like, y'all you know are what? already weird. So yeah. it's just weird on top of right. me. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, you know what? I see this is happening. I don't want to be, I don't want, I felt like me looking for jobs every day was affecting my, my confidence and my self-esteem. And I was like, you know what? I got to go take matters into my own hands. I'm going to bet on myself. So it was like after that whole six months period of really, just looking. And not everybody's like that because I have homeboys of mine who they literally looked for work and found something after a year. You know, for me, six months was too long. That More was my break point. More yeah. than enough. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go do this on, on my own. So now look at was- your friends. If they would have taken that entire year 
and yeah. pumped that into themselves and pumped that into their own businesses, they would be the ones doing the hiring. And I'm not against right. people finding jobs. Like entrepreneurship is not for everybody and no one should sell that dream. Like some people are best at their jobs for a reason. It's it's not a bad thing, but maybe if those people wanted to have businesses, they could have poured that year into something else. Most definitely, most definitely. And when I look back at that six month period, it's very similar to now where it, it was a period where I wasn't working. So I was just sitting still and I was really, it gave me time to really figure out what do I want to do next? You know, as I'm looking for uh, jobs, I'm also figuring out what is it that I want to do in life? You know, and a lot of people are going through that right now where they got, they're probably collecting unemployment right now and they have a lot of free time. So now is the time for them to really just sit back and say, okay, what is it that I want to do? Like, do I want to go back to that same company that I'm working for now? Or do I want to go to a different company or do I want to start my own thing? You know, so I think there's a lot of positive that can be taken out of this situation that we're in right now to where um, you can experiment, you can do some things, you can try things out, you know, that if you wanted to be a cook or, or a chef, now is the time to really say, okay, let me make food and let me see if I can um, sell it to people and let's see if they like it. If they don't like it, oh, well, at least I tried. And I can say that I, you know, I pretty much tried to um, fulfill that whole thing that I've always wanted to do. So, uh, so yeah, so I would, so to answer your question, another aha moment was when I wasn't making money in the business too. Um, after year three, was it year three or year two? It was, I want to say after year two, when I wasn't really making much money, I was like, man, how can I really start making money out of this? Because I'm tired of making the 20 to 30,000 that I was making. Um, so I sat down and I saw one thing I noticed was that H&R Block, they were doing a thing called second reviews. Okay. I don't know if you remember that, but um, they would say, hey, like they always rolled it out around the same time of the year, like around March 15th. They would say for everybody that went to do their taxes somewhere else, bring your tax return to us. And we'll and double we'll check it. it. We'll double check it for free. Right. And then if, if we don't find anything, then you can leave. You don't got to pay us anything. But then if we find something then you just pay us our amendment fee. I was like, you know what? This is a genius idea. Why don't I do this? But one thing I noticed with H&R Block was that they were cutting it off at April 15th. And I was like, I could keep this thing going throughout the rest of the year. Because after tax season, no one's really thinking about taxes. And that's my time to where I can gain ground. Right. Mm -hmm. So I started doing second reviews for people. And I was finding people literally $1,000 here, $2,000 there. And we're not talking about for just one year because you can go back and do amendments for three years. So I was mm -hmm. literally finding people. Some people got six grand or seven grand. That's crazy. That Imagine how thankful they were to you. Right. So one woman and um, what she did after I did a second review for her was she literally took her phone and she texted everybody in her phone, like 100 people. And then my phone just started ringing. Text messages started coming out of nowhere. <laughs> I bet and they I, did. Yeah. And so I got people a lot of money. And then that next tax season, a lot of those people said, you know they what? They just came directly to you. I'm going to come directly to you. You know, and that was a game changer for me. That really helped me build upon what I had. So I wouldn't have done that if I wasn't in the constant mindset of, okay, what can I do to improve? What am I doing wrong? I kept asking myself. What am I doing wrong that that is prohibiting me from getting to that next level? And one thing I noticed was that I was partying up too much. Like I was, <laughs> I was taking, I was taking. I, in my mind, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna work from January to April, and, and the rest of the year I'm just gonna April chill. To January, right? Yeah, but business is not like that. You have to constantly work on it. So. It is not. And you know what? I think yeah. there are two very important takeaways from what you just said. 
One was repeating, not repeating. How do I phrase this? You don't have to reinvent the wheel, people. If you see a huge company like an H&R Block doing something that you can remix in your own business or implement in your own business, do it. These people have millions and millions of dollars to sit around and think of ideas, and they thought of one for you for free. Take it. Take it. If you are a burger joint and you see McDonald's doing something fantastic, do it. You do not have to rack your brain trying to reinvent hamburgers. It's not necessary. (laughs) Do what they are doing. Copy it. It is okay. Put your sauce on it, but copy it. These people are doing this work for a reason. They're implementing these programs for a reason. I think that's a fantastic takeaway. Secondly, your point about um, organic traffic, just organic word of mouth, you did a fantastic job. And that lady was so thrilled with your service that she went above and beyond out of her way to spread that news to other people. And even if you got one client out of that, that one client would have done the same thing over and over and over, but you wound up getting a hundred clients out of it. Like it's really important to have that client based business and that customer service and deliver and over deliver because you never know who is going to be that game-changing customer in your business and get you a hundred freaking clients. That's fantastic. Most definitely. I, I totally agree with you. It's customer service is so key. Like making the customer experience brand, you know, I think that goes a long way. Especially when they're dealing one-on-one with someone that they see. They're not dealing with some huge conglomerate business. They're coming to the little guy for a reason, and they expect certain things. So I'm I'm a big fan of that. Uh, before we get too deep into the rest of this, I think we need a cocktail. It is Sunday Fun Day. I'm having a Don Julio because I'm a tequila girl. What is? I I know I asked you this before, but tell me what your get drunk cocktail is. What do you recommend for the people? What you sipping on on a Sunday? Yeah, so I'm kind of I'm kind of old school. I'm a I'm a Hennessy XO, Hennessy White. Yeah, yeah, I like I like brown and straight too. You know, you Amen. know. If <laughs> yeah, that's that's my my choice of drink for sure. Is that your Texas side? Is that your Nigerian side? Is that what is that? I think it's a combination of both, but probably more of my Nigerian side. Okay. Yeah, because and the many times I've been to Nigeria, when you go out, that's literally Hennessy is everywhere. <laughs> It's like, that's the drink of choice. I sure. love it. I haven't been there yet. I've been to Angola, but oh, wow. at the top of my list, hopefully when this, you know, pandemonium is over, I can get to the people again real, real soon. I need to do my 23 and me and see exactly where <laughs> I'm from. But yes, I like that. Yes. You heard it here, people. I mean, this man is talking about Hennessy straight. I'm not mad. We don't have to do all that mixology every single week. Sometimes cognac does the job. That's a good recommendation. Okay, now back to the important stuff. Um, You told me that having your personal finances out of order can affect your business finances. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, that's so important. So So right now, for those that don't know, we work with I want to say about 50 to 60 clients on a monthly basis where we help them with their business finances. So that would be accounting, payroll, um, even business consulting, anything financially related. Our goal is to take that off their plate so that they can focus on scaling and growing their business. But um, in the midst of working, we've worked with hundreds of people over these past 11 years I've been in business. And 
the number one thing that I see when it comes to businesses finances is that a lot of times people are commingling, right? They're mixing their personal business with their with their business. No and bueno. That, that affects your cash flow in so many ways. And a lot of people, whenever I you know sit down and I have that conversation with them, I always try to figure out why is it that you're doing this and a lot of them are like, well, I have so many personal bills. It's like, where, how is that going to be paid for? You know, so I always say um, it's very important to figure out your personal finance. So one of the things that was born out of having all those conversations was we created a EFS financial training program to where we help people with their personal finance. So now um, it, whoever comes on board, we have weekly calls with them. We create a budget for them and we just hold them accountable. You know, no judgment. It's a no judgment zone. If someone has a bad week, quote unquote, where they might have spent too much, there's no judgment. We just talk about it and we help them get back into where they, they should be. But we've seen that when people get their personal finances under control, when they build an emergency fund and they have th that money right, then now they can completely separate that from their business. And now they start to see their business grow more exponentially. Because how I always say is you want to look at your business as a separate entity from your from yourself. I think a lot of times we tend to look at it like, okay, if I created the business, then all the money that that business makes is my money. And I always say, no, 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 it's not your money. It's the business's money. Right. Correct. So that way, when, when you continuously grow a healthy business, then now let's say five or 10 years down the line, you want to sell it for X amount of dollars. You can do that because you've proven that it's a healthy business. It has perfect cash flow. It has the right systems and procedures in place. And then now you can sell it for a hefty amount of money and move on to the next thing in life. When we look at the wealthy people on the uh, Forbes list, a lot of them have made their wealth primarily from business, from selling, from building and selling businesses. You know, so I, I always say personal finance, getting that in order is so integral with making sure that your business runs smoothly. So what would you say? Um, I mean, people spend a lot of time on how to make a lot of money but they spend almost no time on how to organize that money and keep it and make it do what it's supposed to do. What would you say are the personal, like the pillars of personal finance? What has to be in order? Man, so I guess the f biggest thing is you want to look at historically, what have you been spending? Like, where is your money going? So sitting down and, and really taking note of that. And one thing that we use is an app called mint.com. And we we get clients to hook their accounts up to it and, you know, it's able to categorize all the spending that they do. I'm so, familiar. I've recommended it on a previous episode. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it'll tell you, you know, how much you spent on groceries, how much. Mine you spent was on embarrassing. Mine was embarrassing. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. My little pie chart was ragged. Lord, it was ghetto. Right. Right. But you know, when you see those, those things, it's, it helps you get things back in, in order, you know? And, um, you know, so I would say the biggest thing is, Getting like a mint.com app or even just sitting down and creating some kind of uh, spreadsheet that shows, okay, this is how much money I spent on groceries, rent, um, my car, and then seeing, okay, well, if I spent $2,000 this month on, let's say, rent, after my lease is up, how can I get that down to, let's say, 1500 right? If I'm spending $500 a month on my car, how can I get that down to 400 So just finding ways to say, incrementally, how can I reduce these expenses? And if you're able to reduce your expenses and the money that you're making from your job is able to stay the same or go up, 
then now that increases the money that you have overall. And then now when that increases the money you have, you can use that extra money and pay off some debts and then ultimately become debt free. So step one, though, is to figure out where the money's going. Right. Because we can't fix anything if you I mean, so many people look up at the end of the month and they're like, I made a ton of money and uh, nothing really changed in my life. So where did the money go? Yeah, I've definitely been a victim of that. And I know a lot of people have been a victim of that. And Mint um, helped me a little bit with those pie charts. They really told me about myself. You can't (laughs) you can't lie with the graph. You can't fake it with the graph. The numbers are the numbers. It says you spent it on hot wings, Hennessy and uh, Gucci. So that's your problem. (laughs) I've been there. I'm not like that anymore, but I have been there 100 (laughs) percent. Uh, what mindset would you say that millennial entrepreneurs have to have intact in order to kind of conquer the landscape that's in front of us? Like so many things are going on with COVID-19 and just life in general is hard to be young and black. And on top of that, you want to start a business like it's a lonely game. Do you think that there is anything in our mindsets that we can change to attack this better? Most definitely. Um, I would say having an abundance mindset, you know, um, that's that's so important, like surrounding yourself with people who are ambitious and who are focused and who are trying to get to the same place that you're trying to get by the same goal. Even if you don't have anybody in your circle, maybe hopefully there's people online that we can follow that are setting that example and who are inspiring and they're not just showing us how much jewelry they have, but you know, they're, you know, like, like there's call them inspired. out, call right. them out then. <laughs> they're, they're inspiring us to be greater. Right. So, you know, for so long, we've been told that we can't do this. We can't do that. And, you know, if, if we get told that continuously, then we start to have that ingrained in us and we start to believe that there's no way out, you know, and I really, really feel like a lot of that is mindset. Um, and once we change our mindset and we really say, you know what? I can do this, but not only do I want to change my mindset, but I also want to change my work ethic to match my mindset. That's that's key, right? When we look at uh, Michael Jordan, right, he has uh, his Last Dance documentary, the late great Kobe. Um, he was in the same vein as Mike, you know, like they had that confidence. That's the number one thing that I I saw. But the reason, one of the main reasons why they had an abundance of confidence was the work that they put into what their uh, craft, right? You can't, it's hard to have that confidence and feel like you're the best and not put in that work because once you put in that work, it matches your confidence. And now whenever you're going into any test, any game, any arena, you feel like you're at the top and no one can, can stop you, you know? So I would definitely say having an abundance mindset, but also um, matching that mindset with your work ethic is so important. That was a word. I'm about to put that on a T-shirt. That was an absolute (laughs) word. I preach abundance mindset, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Uh, I have never coupled that sentence with matching the work ethic. It's there and, and I believe it, but I've just never put it into words like that. And that was fantastic to hear you're 100 percent. The universe is on your side. The universe wants you to win. The universe is your biggest fan. But if you're not going to put the work behind it, then you're fooling yourself. If you're not going to prepare yourself, if you're not going to take a thousand shots a day like Kobe did, Mm. then don't. What do you expect? How do you see progress for yourself? And they say faith without work is dead. And it goes Mm. 
in both directions. Work without faith is dead. And abundance mindset is everything. It will carry you 98% of the way. But that other 2% got to be hard work. Right. I love that. I'm writing that down. (laughs) My own personal vision board. Okay, I'm making a note on that. Speak to us, Pastor Evil, today. (laughs) What would you say is the most common misconception entrepreneurs have when they seek you out? Like, what is it that they're trying to fix? Um, One big misconception that I do see people have is that they feel that I know how to make them money. Um, I I get that a lot. Yeah. And I'm. They know what taxes are? That means you (laughs) have to take the money away and give it to the government. Right, right. And, I, you know, um, maybe it's because I talk about I, I just don't talk about money. I talk I try to talk about overall business in general, you know, so I talk, I talk about everything, whether it's um, hiring employees, marketing, sales, whatever it is, you know, because I feel like um, things that I've learned, why not share with everybody else? You know, like numbers are important, but I feel like a lot of us lack business acumen, period, you know, period. And, And I think that we need to have more of these conversations and that way we'll get better as business owners. So a lot of people, you know, whenever they consult me, they'll ask me questions like, you know, hey, how can I make more money? What can I do? And I'm not a sales or marketing guru, you know. Um, So their questions aren't even tax based often. Often they want you to be the millennial uh, business strategist and that's right. who you are. So right. don't complain. Right. You, you're right. You're right about that. You're, and maybe that's probably the reason. But, you know, what I try to tell them is that, um, hey, you know, I can guide you to different people. I, I know people that can help you in, in that arena. But our specialty is really once you learn how to make money and a lot of it, we can help you keep a lot of it and we can Got help you, you grow your, your wealth and your net worth. You know, because I think that's an issue that a lot of people have. Right. You know, hey, I always hear people say I'm making money, but I don't see any of it at the end of the end of the month. Right. So now we put in different protocol and different strategies to help them realize more of the money that they're making. I think that's an important takeaway, too, is that um, some people will try to sell you on the concept that they are a one stop shop. They got marketing, they got advertising, they can take your photos, they can do your taxes, they can marry you, they can walk the dog, they will because <laughs> they want your money, right? right? I think it's important to um, look into hiring people that are experts at what they do. Like, mm. I can give you some advice on those things, I can point you in the di- right direction, but my expertise is this. And I think that that shows integrity in business. I think that's what other entrepreneurs should look for when they are reaching out. If somebody is offering to do 17 different things for you, it's already sketchy off the top. What is your specialty? What is the one thing that you can do better than anybody else? And once we can iron that out and I can see that you can prove that, perhaps we can branch off into other things. But don't fall into this um, jack of all trades, master of none because it's BS and it's not going to work for your business and you're going to regret it. It's okay to have a network of professionals that work for you in your business, preferably minority that um, can make magic for you. It doesn't have to be, it's not Amazon. It's not going to work like that. Right. Right. And I think that was early on in my career. That was one of the things that I fell into like like a trap, you know, every time somebody would seek me out and maybe it's because it was in the beginning and, and, you know, you're just trying to make money and keep the lights on. But Every time somebody would seek me out, I would want to try to figure out whatever it is that they're looking for, you know, 
But once you build your business to a certain level, it's so now you don't feel the need to always try to do every single thing. Like if it's not a specialty of, of mine, we refer it to somebody else. And it's good to have other people you can refer business to that you trust because now you help build their business up. And then whenever they have someone come to them that has a specialty that we have, they refer them over and it's just a, a building block. You know, everybody's growing. Everybody eats, essentially. I love that. Build your network, people. Your network is everything. Network will get you indoors. That money cannot get you in. That degrees cannot get you in. It's about relationships in your community. Um, and your community could be literally the city you live in, or it could be your social media community. I mean, make it happen, especially during these COVID times. Those networking events ain't coming back no time soon. All those, uh, you know, after work happy hour and those type of gigs and Sunday, whatever, it's just not happening. It's, it's not going to be like it used to be until we get this public health crisis under control. So working on the network and catering to those relationships right now while you have this um, kind of downtime is imperative because when things do get back up and running, you want to have people to reach out to and you don't just pop up because things are back open. These are relationships that you have um, put some work into. And that matters to other entrepreneurs. And they will refer business back to you. Like that's that's heavy, heavy, <laughs> heavy, heavy, heavy. Big, big, big important. Write that down and underline that. Develop <laughs> those relationships. I super agree with you. Okay. Another question for you. So statistics are coming out showing that women, particularly black women, are starting more businesses than any other group. How um, how have you seen that reflected in your business? Man, um, so when I look at my business and I look at the amount of clients that we have, I want to say about 90% of them are black women. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Is it because you're in Houston, the home of real hot girl shit, the home <laughs> of Beyonce? Is that, I mean, what is it? I just think black women are smoking black men when it comes to business, you know, like Black women have their, their stuff together <clears throat> a lot more. And, um, you know, that's one thing I'm seeing. And that's actually whenever I sat down, because we recently as a team, we sat down and we said, what's our ideal client? What does our ideal client look like? And when I really looked at it, I, it, it was a black woman that was between the ages of 25 and 45. And there was a bunch of other factors. But the one thing that I did see was that the woman was black, you know. And um, I, I love working with black women because... Black women are, they're, they're so focused, they're trying to get to that next level, and they're hungry for success. And anybody that's hungry for success is someone that I really want to partner with and work with, you know. And um, they're, they're also sponges. They take information well, and they, you know, you, you advise them, and they're like, okay, thank you for that advice. What's the next thing? What can I do next? What can I do next? You know, what's the next step? You know, so I, I really enjoy that relationship, you know, so... Shout out to black women. Y'all are really, really <laughs> making things happen. On behalf sure. of the community, we appreciate yes. you. Like, yes. that could that could make me cry. That makes me so happy to hear. You know what it is um, on behalf of your clients and just all of us and my listeners? We have been neglected for so long. Uh, the conversation about black women entrepreneurs started about six minutes ago. You know, it, yeah. it has been an eternity 
of being thrown to the wayside and not even considered as people that could open and run businesses effectively. So to have people pour into us, of course, we're going to be sponges. We are thirsty for that information. We are eager to learn. And there's something to be said about being a blank slate. You know, like most of us are not coming into this thinking we know everything and our parents had these businesses and our aunts and our sisters and our homegirls. No, we're coming into this with a fresh, clean slate. We don't know what we don't know. We don't come with this baggage of uh, feeling defeated. We just want to get in and for someone to take us seriously and believe in us. It's important. Yeah. No, shout out to black women, honestly. When I look at, um, especially a lot on, on Instagram, when you go on Instagram and you see a lot of the successful businesses, they are black women, whether it's in fashion, whether it's in other forms of like retail, whether it's in uh, even tech, you know, there's so many black women and, and they come from so many different, whether, you know, they're African, Caribbean, African-American, everybody's doing their, their thing, you know, and just so much brilliance and so much knowledge amongst everyone. I love it. My hands are in the air. I love it. I am testifying. I am letting that wash over my spirit and the spirit of the listeners. Like, I mean, come on, brothers. We need y'all to meet us there. Like, catch up. Don't listen to future. It ain't. That, don't don't believe him. Let's come on. Follow me. Follow Ephraim. Like, let's do that together. Right. Now, I know you teach a lot, right? in your master courses. What inspired you to start a course? What all do you teach? Like, give me the full breakdown. Yeah, yeah. So I guess one thing that inspired me to teach was just seeing a lot of information that we didn't know, you know? And and one thing I realized was that things that I've learned or things that come natural to me doesn't come natural to everybody else. Just like there's things that might come natural to you that won't come natural to me. So just to think that I automatically know everything that you know is false. You know, um, recently I was at a at a retreat and I had a conversation. Well, I was speaking at the retreat and um, I made a comment and I was talking about how um, every all the travel and everything that you spent on coming to this retreat is tax deductible. And in this room full of like 150 women, they all looked at me like, are you serious? Like everybody gasped and they were like, oh, my God, are you? I can write this off. And in my mind, as I was on stage, I was like, I thought this was like common knowledge. I thought everybody knew this. This is very, very shocking, you know. So it just let me know that there's still a lot more to be done. So every day I try to go on my timeline or on my stories and just share information that I come up with, the things that I, I've learned over the time, you know. And um, I've been getting a lot of feedback from people in general in my DMs and even in public them saying that they've gotten so much, they've learned so much about business just from things that I've talked about. So it definitely means a lot. And I, I've been sharing stuff since 2013, and it wasn't until 2018 that people really started to listen. So it, it just goes to show that, um, you know, if you have a purpose and you're doing it, don't really look at the comments or the, or the likes as something that's going to motivate you and keep you going. Keep it going because you really want to affect change. You really want to uh, affect someone's day or someone's life, you know? So you had asked another question. You were like, what are some of the things that I've put together and, and taught? Um, so I do have a tax master course um, in the same vein of that uh, comment that I made earlier about how everyone didn't know what was tax deductible. But I have a tax master course that I put together last November where it goes over everything that you can deduct in a business. So it, it 
whether it's travel, meals and entertainment, professional expenses, anything you can think of. The home office deduction, I have videos, and they're short. They're like two to three minutes, and they're very easy to understand. Someone that took the course recently, he was like, man, this blew me away because I'm not a financial guy, and I was coming into this thinking that this was going to be over my head, and I understood everything that you said perfectly clear. And I think that's one of the gifts that I have, too, that I've been able to really break things down in an easy-to-understand manner. But this course, it breaks down everything in an easy-to-understand manner. Just not what you can write off, but also how to write it off, too, because that's something that a lot of people don't know. We just think that, okay, if I go and I buy and I purchase a trip to Angola, I can write it off. But if there's no business purpose around it, then whenever, if you were to ever get audited, the IRS wouldn't allow that to be a deduction. So it's all about really looking at, okay, I'm a business owner now. Everything that I'm spending money on, how can I flip it into a business expense? To where now that frees up more of my personal money, right? Because now I'm moving that to my business. And now the money that I'm making from my job or in my business, I can use it on my personal. So that course breaks that down really, really well. And then I also have another uh, program, like I stated earlier, it's called EFS Financial Training. And that's really all about helping people build their wealth. Um, and that really starts, we start with the foundation. We start with helping you put together a budget and figure out, okay, what's your issues personally in your life? Um, do you have credit cards that you got to pay off, student loans? What's the time frame that we can help you pay this off? And then, you know, we really get people uh, really in play with that. So we've had two, we have 30 people in the program right now and like two of the women in the past six months have paid off like $5,000 in, in debt each. You know, they've just been on a on like a rampant spree of saying, you know what, I'm going to really put this into overdrive and I'm really going to get out of my situation earlier so that I can now start to realize the other side of not having debt. And we're currently building out a second part to the program now to where once everyone gets out of consumer debt, Mm-hmm. Now, this is the second part that they can look forward to, to where I'm going to bring in different industry experts to talk about different financially related topics and really help us build our knowledge bank and build our wealth. So, I, you know, I already have people that are going to come in. They're going to talk about stocks, um, real estate, whether it's buying and holding real estate, whether it's Airbnb, whether it's flipping real estate, wholesaling. I got people to talk about each of those topics. Um, also have someone that's going to talk about wills and and estate planning you know once you build your wealth now you have to protect it you have to make sure that you have a will uh life insurance and just different insurances because once you build wealth now you got to protect well with insurance with the proper uh, coverage um also there's just a bunch of other things i I also want to bring in someone to talk about mental health so even things that because all those things are pretty important right because now Mm -hmm. once you are starting to accumulate money you start to experience different kinds of issues you know, mental health is so important. So there's just so many ideas that are coming through my head over the past year that I'm going to roll out. And I'm looking forward to really rolling that second part of the, the program out to everybody. And I am looking forward to taking all of your courses. Uh, <laughs> FYI, you have my email. Send me the link. Uh, during this quarantine, I will be taking them all. And you can pre-register me for the next course. Because <laughs> whatever you have to say, I am ready to listen to. Um, I think that is brilliant. And uh, we spoke about this another time um, and maybe we'll have to come back and do another episode with you about it. But just every single thing you said, wills, estate planning, growing your money through real estate, all these conversations 
um, our counterparts have been told these things for minimum 400 years. Mm-hmm. So we have to play catch up and we have to play it real, real quick so that our kids aren't in the same scenarios as us and going forward forever. Generational wealth is a real thing. It is what others have been doing since the beginning of time. We are just learning about it, but that's okay because we are so brilliant and we can absorb this knowledge and make it happen for ourselves in record time. And it, it will really shock you what you can accomplish if you do it together and put your mind to growing your money. I think that's fantastic. Thank you. And you said something key. You said that we're playing catch up. There's so many things that we still have to learn. And one thing, and I hope I don't ruffle any feathers, but one thing I've been Ruffle the feathers. <laughs> ruffle the feathers. There's people on Instagram that you see that, um, you know, they have a huge following, but they're promoting different financially related things that you can tell is very scammy. Right. Cool. And yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, um, Give me an people, example. well, OK, so one of my very uh, close clients, she's in the credit repair industry. And one thing I like about her is that she's all about the educational aspect of it. Like she's going to. If you enroll in her program, she's going to help educate you on credit repair. She's not going to take the shortcut and charge you 1500 to delete a bunch of stuff. And then all that stuff ends up coming back to your credit report. You know, like she actually wants to affect change and she wants to do everything the right way. And you can tell the people that just want that quick dollar versus the people that actually want to educate and help you Got and help you. the community, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, I think that's very important that. You know, you have some people that for them, it's all about the money. Like they don't really care about the the community in in that way. And um, you got to be able to decipher who's for the community and who is just trying to make that quick buck. You know, who's trying to sell you and and that's it, you know. And and when it comes to financially related products, you got some people in the credit repair industry that obviously are trying to do that. You have some people in my industry. And then one big industry that you're seeing now is Forex. Mm -hmm. You're seeing a lot of people in that industry now that, there's a lot of good ones, but you could tell there's a lot of ones that are just trying to make that quick dollar and just right. being able to de- decipher that. And because we're all in that space of we're trying to figure out wealth and we're trying to figure out how to get out of the hole that we're in, it's real easy to get sucked into some of these scams that people are promoting. You know, So it's very important to really figure out who's for the people and who's not and who's just trying to make a quick buck. That's a big takeaway. Absolutely. I mean, this is your hard earned money and time that you're putting in with these people. Yes, you could um, pay someone to just get it done, but why not pay extra or and sometimes it's not even extra to actually learn the skill for yourself so that you don't have to be in this scenario going forward. Or you could teach it to your partner or your mom or your dad or someone else in your life. Like, look at this as an investment when you're buying courses and you're buying um financial products it's an investment into your future and if you're smart the future of the people in your household or in your neighborhood or at your job when you learn something good you learn a hack teach it to somebody else like why not you've already paid for the information why not make it double by giving it to someone else who can absorb that knowledge that's how each one teach one works right it's it's true it's very true 
when we get off of this interview, um, I want the link for the course um, okay. so I can get started. <laughs> Guys, everything that Ephraim teaches will be uh, linked in the show notes. You will not have to go anywhere for his information. I promise it will all be in there. Now, would you say that more entrepreneurs should be creating courses? It's just becoming such a popular tool in business and personal branding. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see anything wrong with it. I feel like if you're if you're an expert and you're good at what you do, you definitely should create a course. But even like if you just have a passion in something, um, that's a really good way to bring in passive income as well. You know, um, and that's one thing that I try to tell clients. Like if you're struggling with making money, uh, have different streams of income coming in. You know, that might mean sitting down and locking yourself in your room for a weekend and saying, I'm not going to leave until I get this course put together or this ebook or whatever, whatever it is that can really help the people put that together, put a really decent price on it and sell it, you know, because at the end of the day, somebody could use that information that you have in your head, you know, so why not make something and, and make some money off of it? And you're also giving value to that person. That person who's going to buy it is going to be positively, positively affected by the, um, the product you make. So I don't see anything wrong with doing it. I love that. That's really good advice. I think courses are the wave. I think um, that is going to be the next must have entrepreneurial product. Everybody was uh, writing books for some time, which are fantastic. But I think courses are just the next wave, especially now in this COVID era, like we're not going to be able to connect with people and teach one-on-one -on -one or, or have small group meetings the way that we have for so long. And speaking in big convention centers, that type of stuff is kind of going to be put on pause for quite some time. So if you are thinking about designing your own course, this is your sign. This is the sign you were looking for. This is it. Mm -hmm. I am authorizing you to do it. Put your best foot forward and get it done. Um, what advice would you give to budding entrepreneurs in regards to making sure that their business accounting is on point? What is like a must have that they have to do? Okay, that's a good question. So are you speaking about startups or people who are kind of already in it or just anybody? Mm, let's go with startups. Like we, we just got in, we just started figuring things out. What do we make sure we have to have in place to not come back and bite ourselves in the butt later? Yeah. So you definitely want to have an accounting software. I think that's extremely important. If you're a business owner, you want to make that, that should be one of your first investments, invest in an accounting software. My accounting software of choice is called Zero. It's X-E-R-O. It's a really, really good software. It's easy to understand. And it just makes um, accounting enjoyable. That was actually what brought my passion back into accounting because I discovered Zero back in 2014. And um, a light bulb went off in my head because when I first uh, discovered it, they were touting themselves as cloud-based. You know, so that light bulb went off in my head. I was like, you know what? I'm not only limited to working with people in Houston. I can work with anybody anywhere in the United States now. Oh, let's let's play ball. Let's do this. <laughs> you <laughs> know, so you. so that that right there was like a pivot a pivotal point for me because I was like, you know what, this is a game changer. I literally can work with anybody that I want to, not even just in the United States, but overseas internationally. I have clients in Nigeria and other countries in Switzerland even. So um Zero's an amazing software. You can connect the software to your bank account. So now all your transactions that happen on a daily basis, get pulled into the so they're automated going into the software and then you can put them into the right accounts. And then at the end of the month, 
you can see how much you made and then how much you spent, you know? So I think that's like the focal point of everything. Like a lot of people brush over that. They don't really take that part in, as important as they should. Making sure that you know your numbers on a monthly basis because uh, I'm going to be transparent. Um, I didn't, I was tracking, I was really tracking numbers for everybody else that I really didn't track it as perfectly for, for myself as I should mm-hmm. have, you know? So I really started saying, you know what, January 1st of this year, I'm going to make a change and I'm really going to be on top of my stuff. And I'm glad I did because this pandemic happened, you know? So I literally, because I made that step to do that, I was prepared for the pandemic even more so than what I would have been. Um, and so now when I look at my numbers on a monthly basis, I'm like, okay, I made this much. If I go harder, if I have a goal of getting to this, then that means I need to sell this many products or this many services. So it really makes you focused on growing your business, getting to that next level, seeing what's causing you not to really make as much money or keep as much money as possible. So that's the number one thing. I would say you definitely want to invest in an accounting software. Brilliant. I will link Zero. Um, Zero needs to give you a coupon code. <laughs> they owe you uh, an affiliate link. We gonna we gonna get your money. Don't you worry yeah. about it. I'm gonna get in touch with them <laughs> and get you your coin. Um, now that we've got that heavy, heavy, important stuff out the way for the business entrepreneurs, for the budding entrepreneurs, what would be your get rich tip for everybody? <laughs> For all my people listening, how would Ephraim suggest that they get rich? Great question. I would say the number one thing, and this might not be what people want to hear. Uh-oh. <laughs> See, I'm already nervous. I already feel triggered. <laughs> the number one thing is to get rid of your debts. Pay off your debts, whether it's credit cards, whether it's that department store, Macy's, whatever, um, Gap, <laughs> whether it's your, your car, whether it's student loans. Get rid of that debt. And I say that because we don't realize how much money that we are making is going towards paying off these things. And imagine, I want you to sit back and I want you to think of all the money that you make each month. Mm -hmm. Imagine not having any debt. Imagine how much money you would be able to keep in your pocket that you could use to continuously grow your business. Mm -hmm. Right. But you can't really get to that level until you get that debt out the way. You know, so my, my biggest advice would say. If you have credit cards, stop using them. Just really focus on the money that you're making from your job or your business and then pay down those cards and pay down the rest of your debt. And then, you know, just try not to get into debt. Now, if you buy a house, that's different, you know, but for the most part, try to stay away from other forms of debt. And then you're going to see when I did that, I became debt free in 2013. Mm -hmm. That's and I haven't really touched debt since then. It's been seven years now. And it's been a game changer for me. Like I've, I've, I always felt like, man, if I paid off this debt, then I'm not going to, I'm going to need it. I'm going to have to have it. And I haven't had the need for it. Mm-hmm. It's really put me in a place to where it's like, okay, this is the money I'm making. This is my limit. I can't go over and beyond. You know, when, when I think about how if I had a bunch of debt going into this pandemic, I'd probably be frightened right now, you know? Yeah, that's a scary if, situation. Right. Imagine being a makeup artist or a barber or a hairstylist and you can't pay certain bills because of this. Pan- like, we don't know what's going to happen. Like, right. who knows when the next pandemic is going to happen? It could potentially affect my business, you know, but these things should be wake up calls for us. It should be eye openers. And it should say to us, OK, what can I do to protect myself from anything that might happen in the future? 
you know, what, how can I prepare myself for whenever the next recession is going to come? Because they always come. They always come about seven to eight years. So it's not, it's just like Christmas every year, right? Christmas always creeps up on us. And we're always like, damn, like, I don't have enough money to buy gifts. But you know, every single year is December You knew 25th. it was coming. You knew it's it was the same coming. same day. <laughs> right. So you can prepare for that. So it's the same thing with, with um, pandemics. Well, not pandemics, but like recessions and everything. You know, we can prepare. So I would say the number one get rich quick scheme, well, not scheme, but just plan would be pay off your debts. I love it. I love it. You're right. I feel triggered. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're we're going to my... get you right because you, you're joining the program. I can't wait. Luckily, I am like 98% debt free, but I did just buy a new car. So, you know, I'm going to just keep that little part out of my uh, out of my coursework. Thank you, Ephraim. You have been a phenomenal. I can't let you go without a book recommendation. Tell the people, give us a book that has changed your life or has changed your business. Give me something to read to add to the list. Man, this there's um, there's can I name more than one? Yes, you can, please. Okay. There's uh, E-Myth. Have you heard of that that book? I have not. Y'all, for those who haven't heard of E-Myth, you should definitely go check that book out. It's a, it's a book that talks about structuring your business properly. Like, And I'm not talking about should it be an LLC or corporation. I'm talking about systems and procedures and processes. Processing your business to where... You could literally go on vacation for a month and your business is still operating without you being there. Like that's the ultimate goal. I like right? the sound of that. Can you imagine going to Dubai? Because I, I, I've seen some of your pictures. I see you Actually, in Dubai. Actually, yes, I do. <laughs> I go rather frequently. Right. Can you imagine having a business that operates with you being in Dubai for a month and you come back and it's grown even bigger? No, like, but I need that. Sign me right, up. Right. So these are things that are possible and it's really all about having the um, right systems and processes in place. Um, another book would be The Lean Startup. Okay, so that, that one I have easy. heard of. I haven't read it, but I have heard of. Yeah, that's a good book because it talks about um, how to start up your business as lean as possible with like the least amount of money. You know, um, A lot of people feel like we need thousands of dollars to start a business. And for many businesses, you really don't need much money to start. Mm-hmm. You know, So those are two books that come to mind. And then I have a bunch of, uh, I just bought a Michael Jordan book recently. I forget the name of it, but um, it has him on the cover. I'll give you the name later, but I read the foreword and it was just talking about, you know, his grit and determination. And, you know, I, I like to um, read up on, on athletes because I feel like sports and business tend to go hand in hand. There's a lot of things in sports that are overlap. They overlap, right? Like, um, when you look at, let's say, a basketball team or even a football team, you have a coach, you have a general manager, you have an owner, and then you have the best player on the team, right? So if you have a really good basketball player, like let's say Kobe Bryant or LeBron James or Michael Jordan, that makes the coach's job easier, right? So now that makes the GM's job easier, and then it makes the owner's makes more money, essentially, right? Because you know that that best player is going to be an amazing employee. They're going to bust their ass and make sure that their team is the top. You know, so business is the same way. It's all about, you know, if we put the right people in place and stuff. So I want to say that that book talks more about just his determination and his grit to get to where he he made it, the six championships. I love that. I'm from Chicago, honey. You don't have to tell me. I know the whole whole spiel, word for word. Um, I will get... (laughs) 
the title of that book. I will link it in the show notes. You have been fantastic. I knew this was going to be <laughs> a good one. I felt it. I manifested it. I had that abundance mindset. And I said, let me make a list of who I want on my show. And I'm just checking y'all off left and right. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Was, I, I enjoyed it. See, it was so a blast. It when was are we a doing blast. the second one? Uh, soon come. Soon come. We'll get the feedback for this one. We'll see what the people need to find out from you. I will take your course and then we're going to come back for part two with you. Thank you so much, love. You were fantastic. No problem. Thanks for having me. Again, I want to thank Ephraim for being with us today. And I just want to say to the protesters that I support you. I am with you. We are in this together. Black Lives Matter and we shall overcome not now, but right now. We got this. Our ancestors suffered through worse. And um, change will happen because we will make it happen. I love you guys. Stay safe out there. And I will see you next week.